Hey, hey everybody, welcome back to another quilt uh, episode. Uh, touch to to touch to trending touch Tuesdays. I'm just I'm just realizing because uh, they don't have a release date for these. I'm like, well, these these might be coming out on Thursday, but they'll still be trending touch Tuesday episodes. Uh, but these are this episode and the one before it are based on the uh, quilt some listeners made to me that uh, it's just. Uh, kind of mind-blowing and there's not only a quilt there's a website for the quilt which i'll link to in the show notes for this show uh the last show i recorded i didn't i, I uh recorded right after i got the quilt so but if this is your first episode the, the other quilt episode will be linked to in the show notes too or it should be pretty close in release to this episode um, but I tried to fill you in on the last, uh, geez, what happened? Well, what happened was this, that we dug into this uh, myth uh, that I heard on a bus stop, which was told by this wise grandmother. And it was uh, kind of a myth about an owl, or I guess that was the title of the myth, maybe the owl that saved the night sky or that ate the night sky. And the, the tale kind of followed these these two women uh, Karen and Julie, who ran a tea business. Now, this isn't in our world, uh, but a more world where more direct action, interaction with uh, humans and gods, I guess. And they had this wonderful tea business, very, very popular among humans and gods, top of the line teas. Even with like a beach, like a, even though it was inland, they had a fake beach set up that the gods could just hang out and drink tea on. Could be a bit like L.A. It sounds a bit like L.A. in some sense, like where you say, "Well, I got a tea business," you know, all these beautiful gods chilling on the beach drinking tea. I mean, I guess in L.A. It'd be a pool and cocktails. Could be a beach, so it could be tea. Uh, but so they, that was their business. They were pretty happy. They had a daughter, and then everything is all happy things happen in myths. It gets wicked, confusing. But this god showed up. Uh, to their business and a god from another universe or something, Mumble Bear. And it was Mumble Bear's this giant kind of bullyish god, a uh, bear god, uh, but also like a, in, uh, like with a comet on its belly. And I think like an actual comet, you say, well, because it's a god, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's mythical stuff. And not just like some drawing of a comet, an actual comet uh, with sound effects. And you say, well, something that would boggle the mind. And you say, well, geez, I'm not comfortable. And that's how it made even the other gods feel that were hanging at this tea shop. And Mumble Bear was also a bit of a bully and a braggart. So Mumble Bear, was, all the gods split because they said they didn't like this Mumble Bear. And then Mumble Bear wanted to show off, so Mumble Bear drank all of their tea and then demanded more tea. And as, uh, as jerky as Mumble Bear was, it, Mumble Bear also seemed to be pretty swift because it figured out that there must have been some even better tea and discovered that they had a secret stash of tea like that was still growing in this greenhouse. Super high-end tea, fanned by living butterfly wings, and in this uh, house, uh, thus untouched or uh, unconsumed, uh, that they were holding on to for their daughter, Vesna, was going to marry this god, Bernie the Butterfly, the king of the butterfly gods. 
not related to Bernie Sanders, just in case anybody's wondering that. Uh, Bernie, the butterfly cat, predates, and this podcast mythology predates Bernie Sanders' run for president. So not related, not even, and I'm not even, not even tangentially. Uh, but just so they had saved it, and their daughter was playing. I'm marrying this guy, and this mobble bear demanded the tea. And they said, well, the tea's not ready. And no, it's for our daughter's wedding. And then Mama Bear said, well, I suspect something else is at play. This is a bear that had a comet in its gut. And, and I guess that's saying something because this bear had a pretty good gut. And they said, well, yeah, actually, the tea is an earthly tea. It came to us from outer space or, you know, from another world. Uh, and it uh, came in. And uh, a spaceship with Vesna, and so Vesna's not of this world either. And her and the tea plants are somehow bonded. And then it kind of got podcast, it got like meta because then they were telling this uh, the characters we'll talk about layers to get lost into. I was telling, it, and then the the grandmother was telling it, and then the two characters, Karen and Julie, were telling it. But they were telling a story of how the tea came. It came from. Timon and Ponce, uh who had stolen the tea, and uh, and they Timon thought it was a, a tin, a basket of muffins, but it was really a human baby and tea tea plant. And so they said, "Well, we'll take care of the baby and the tea." So then Timon and Ponce left. Ended up that then the god whose universe the tea was stolen from, Koa, showed up. And Co said, where's my baby and where's my tea? And they said, well, we, we, this was years later as, as, as Vesna had grown into a young woman. And they said, well, Jesus is our, um, our daughter now. You know, you can't take her. And, and the dog said, well, you know, it's, she's bonded with this tea, too. I said, okay, okay. And the dog said, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of backstory, but, you know, with this mythology stuff, sometimes gods get possession of stuff that, but Koa had said, well, I was playing, so Koa was a god from another universe. I don't know if we covered that. A lot of, this is, don't try, you know, it's myth, mythology. Uh, but Koa had said, hey, uh, the whole reason I acquired this child was so that they could, because Koa loves Knox. So then they said, well, we have this uh, love tea. We'll give it to the Podman who was involved with it. And then the Podman can replace Vesna and get Knox for you. I think that might explain why I like Knox. I didn't realize this myth would be so useful for me to say, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's not weird that I like Knox. It's a, I'm just trapped in some mythology. I'm just following the archetypal path set forth for me. Uh, so, but while they were telling the tale, Mumble Bear fell asleep. Uh, and they said, well, geez, we got to do so. We don't know what we're going to do. We got to keep our daughter safe. This tea's tied to our daughter. This bear consumed all our tea. We can't just let this bear start consuming the wedding tea. That is also bonded somehow to our daughter's existence. What are we going to do? And that's where we last left off on this uh, uh, trending to, to, what they say, Thankful Tuesday, and on with the show. Well, hello, children. Welcome back for another another evening of tales. Uh, you have, the parents of the village have sent you all here to, 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 for me to put you asleep yet again. 
And yes, last night I know you all fell asleep during my tale. But not until, well, I know some of you didn't, grandson. I know you did not. And I know you have many questions. Put I won't answer your questions any faster if you have two homes up. So I'll know you're ready for me to continue when all your hands are lowered in your lap. Yes, even though yours, even though you're related to me, does not give you extra privilege. Uh, so lower your hands. And yes, when we, we, were, t- we were telling the tale of Mumble Bear and our tea-making friends and the daughter, and Mumble Bear had came and dis- disturbed their world, but he had fallen deep asleep, much like you did, children. Uh, though unlike you that woke up with the dawn, Mumble Bear remained asleep in our tale. Okay, I, I, I can continue. I will take one of your questions, so lower one of your arms, and then I will answer your question, grandson. Okay. Grandmother, well, I'm repeating your question just in case any of the children can't hear you or your voice grates on them as it does on my nerves, grandson. Please, I'm trying to tell a tale. Grandmother, were you in the tale that you told? Okay, well, that is a fair question, grandson. Am I the owl that saved the sky? No. Am I Vesna? Uh, No. Am I Karen or Julie? No. Am I in the tale? Yes, because you might have known, children, that I, I said some not entirely kind, but not entirely unkind or untrue things about uh, uh, his grandfather, my, my husband, who is a bit of a... And you may... He did appear in the tale. His name is Timon. Uh, Tom and he changed his name when he arrived here uh, to live in our village. And he, no, he is nothing like Nancy. Uh, yes, I would prefer to be married to a Nancy because Nancy is a trickster and not a, a teller of simple tales like it. Um, anyway, yes, okay, my grandson, you want to me announce who, my, who I am, okay. Well, children, you know, I have the honor of being, you know, the, uh, the teller of the advanced thinking tales of our village and all the villages around. I know some of you are now coming to hear my tales and learn from my tales. And I know some of you like his simple tales, Tim and Styles, with his puppets and things that make farting noises. But that is not my thing. For the tales that run deep is where you come here. And that is because I am from somewhere very deep, children. Before I was a member of your... Always I have been both... For I am both born of land and born of sea. And my name, yes, I was once known as Kelpalina. Let's just put it like that, children. Uh, but that is another tale for another time. But yes, I was once uh, a, a, a person who was born of land. Does that mean I can breathe under? Does that mean I live in the swamp? No, this is not question hour, children. Why don't I have any kelp? Well, my hair is killed. It never. It's too. It's too hard for you to understand. And I wish you didn't bring it up. It's not any. You're just bragging on me, and it's fine for you to brag on your grandmother. Uh, but being a kelp-based woman is not all it's cracked up to be. Well, being a teller of tales, children. I mean, if I wasn't competing with me, my spouse, who always is. A, okay, let's have them burp fourteen times. Oh, this is, you know, he, he makes Punch and Judy look complicated, that man. But, uh, you know, it's my honor just to sit here and tell you your tales. You know, it might be sound adventurous to be 
Kelpolina, uh, the queen of the tidal zone. Uh, but the queen is a title. It's not. It doesn't mean the same thing there. And being, you know, of two worlds is confusing. Let's get back to our tale, because as we were talking, our good friends, the queens of tea, we could say, were worried about their daughter, about the tea connected to her, and about this horrible, rude god sleeping now on the beach they had spent so much time crafting for the gods to come play on. Uh, the god Mambo Bear with a terrible comet across his belly that flared all night long so the entire village, each time they fell into slumber, would be awakened by this horribly unnatural sound. For You know, it's not really a sound we hear for us off in the sky. And they would say, this is, a, even if it... Didn't feel it's just not a, it's a portent, children hearing that sound. Uh, you'd say that's not good having a, a giant bear with a comet on its belly, there's nothing good about that. And so, everyone was worried, and uh, particularly our, our two heroines, uh, Karen and Julie. Now, they had realized as they said, Well, we should get a good night's sleep. Uh, Karen went to prepare a, a, a cup of tea for each one of them. And she said, oh, goodness, the Mumble Bear drank all of our evening tea, too. So, and she said, Julie said, well, how much? And she said, all of it. So they wondered how long Mumble Bear would sleep. And so the next day came and Mumble Bear slept. And the next day came and Mumble Bear slept, but the comet would flare so the village did not sleep. It slept, and things were not going well. And at some point, they, the village elders debated waking the bear up, or you know, punishing, you know, banishing. But they said, "Well, we can't get rid of this bear." But the whole time, Karen and Julie, they didn't care about the outside nonsense, for they were most concerned about their daughter Vesna. And they didn't think the tea was ready. They said, well, should we send it? And they said, well, this bear has a comet on its belly. There's nowhere to run from a bear like that. Uh, so what we could we do? And then, of course, like all of us children, I know I see you there thinking, if you irritate me enough with your questioning, I'll just give up on this tale and let you go hear the tales of your grandfather. I go, but you, I know, children, you want to hear my tale. For you wonder, why you asked me, how did the stars and the moons get in the sky? And I know every time that comet flares, I could see a pupils move. So you wonder too, what does the future hold for our heroines? And as I say, well, it takes it's a long story though, so in it, and there's a lot of parts, children. So relax, you know, and if you fall asleep, don't worry. Grandmother will be here. You know, being a kelp-based woman has its advantages. And one of them is, you know, I, the amount of antioxidants in my system is is, 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 is stupefying the level of my health. And so Karen and Julie, they spent so much time trying to wor- worrying, should we go? Should we wake the bear? We can't, you know, should we? Everyone's mad, but they said, we will find a plan. We will not quit. We will not give up. 
And they knew if we, they said, but how will we come up with a plan? Because they kept coming up with everything. And then they were like, well, it's a bear. It's a god bear with a comet on its belly. It was the answer. To, he said, well, what do you think would work? Buried in sand? No, it's a god bear with a comet on its belly. Uh, waited out. Well, the comet keeps flaring. It's a god bear. It's going to be god. could be god bear with its comets on its belly. You know, give the bear, every, a lot of people say, give the bear its tea, replace the tea. You know, it's a smart, it's a semi-smart god bear with a, with a nasty attitude. And finally, this one wise village woman, a few villages away named Brenda came. And she said, I've heard you've been having trouble uh, figuring out what to do with this bear with the comet on its belly, the mumble bear. And we've heard of it and we're, we're concerned too. But I'm also concerned about the pressure it exerts on you having to figure it out. And I know everyone's been giving you advice, and, and but, but maybe I could give you a mechanism to help discover the answer instead of just forcing a decision on you. You know, all, you know the, the people that come through our villages and try to sell us stuff, you know, some merchants are like you, the finest teas, you, you know. You have teas of all ranges, and you make a lot of your living on the teas of the gods. But you have teas for all of us, and, and you make a fair deal. And then there's people that don't make a fair deal, and they sweep through town. And they sometimes they say, well, we're thinking outside the box. But I once devised this way of deciding things. This is the way we still defi- decide things at our village. You know, because that person that said, think outside the box, that's what the program they were selling. They said, well, it'll solve your village's problems if you think outside the box. Uh, but really, the program was a load of garbage. They were just selling, and, you know, they said, how to sell other villages, how to think outside the box will be a way to raise, you know. And they said, so we, we, of course, we caught this, but we grabbed them. And then we made, we said, well, hey, maybe there's something is to this. And we've re- created a system. It's called the Meandering Squares system. And if you just look at this here, this is our Meandering Squares chart. It's uh, it's very pleasant to look at. If you stare at it, it has a square. And you say, well, that's a triangle. And you say, well, there's some stars there. It's pleasant. And you say, well, it does look like they're meandering a bit. And then there's the border. And then there's a square in the middle. And you say, well, that's on top of another square. Oh, you're right. It's on top of another one. And it helps you get into a place. You think that is one of the secrets. Now, we don't try to overthink why it works, but it does. You say, well, I'm in a better place. And then you say, well... And this is just one way to use it. This is the way I use it. I say, well, Blue Square, what would you do with Mumble Bear? Okay. And then you can even say, well, what is what is your name next square? Uh, white with gold flowers and squiggly things. What would you do with Mumble Bear? And you might look at that and just see what comes up. And, and uh, so I'm trying to help you. Help yourselves. So good day. And we wish you the best. And please don't let this bear or its comets, you know, we, we, we don't want to move away either. You know, this is the best source of fresh water. And, you know, other than that annoying swamp, we've got a pretty good, you know, with the, the arable land and things. So 
good day. And so the heroes, children, okay, yes, you have a question. That was my voice. It was imaginary. I don't do voices. So, yes, it sounded like me, but it was not me. Thank you. Okay, moving on, please. But so they started to work on a plan, in a secret plan, of course, of how to deal with Mumble Bear. But as they developed the plan, they kept thinking, well, what are we going to do when Mumble Bear wakes up? You know, because probably grouchy, and then it's going to want the tea. And they tried to figure out what to do with Vesna and what to do about the tea and all those things. Uh, but the first thing they, they, they did, or the well, most important thing, they said, well, let's figure out what we're going to do. And they said, well, Mumble Bear, you know, we, maybe we're supposed to be deferring. My you know, he says, we came here and demanded things. It bragged, you know, how great it was at drinking tea. It showed off by drinking all our tea. It demanded more. So maybe we should be, be uh, you know, acting like we're coalescing. So they made Mumble Bear some pajamas. And they recruited many help, and the town actually sewed the pajamas right on Mumble Bear. And then they said, well, what are we going to do? Should we, should we put the pajamas around the comet? What are we going to do? And, then, because, and they said, I wonder if we could calm that comet down. You know, If we put the pajamas over the comet, what should we do? So the top pajama top they were worried about. And they said, well, Jesus, the comet seems so agitated. Uh, and the pajamas are supposed to make Mumble Bear feel special. And, and But how can we calm this comet down? And what will happen? And as they were working, a wonderful sound of uh, bells rang out in the sky. And down on a, a chariot of uh, uh, rainbow ponies uh, came the goddess Meg. And uh, she was one of the goddesses of kind of things that, uh, you know, said, well, she's you. It was a goddess you tried to, 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 to you know, say, well, haven't seen that goddess in a while, but uh, you're supposed to do nice things anyway. But she arrived, and she said, seems like some trouble's going on here, but you're trying to still do something nice. And Julian Cairns said, well, technically, I don't know if it's nice. We're just trying to keep this god. We're afraid. Just, can you help us? This god's going to wake up. And and uh, the goddess said, well, I don't know. I don't trust. You know, this god makes us all nervous. We're worried where we are, too. And we're watching you, and we're hoping that maybe you're more capable than we are. But she said, I have something for you. And they said, well, what is it? She said, this is a magic from my childhood when I was just a baby goddess raised by a titan, you know, magical baby baby bonnets and those things. I had a baby blanket of comfort and calming. Well, I think the comet's power, I sense that it could burn through this... uh, I think for the time being, and when this god wakes up, it'll calm it down. So I want you to take a piece of my baby blanket and put it in there, in the belly, like a little pouch. Do you have a? Can you knit up a pouch and then put it on the, the belly on top of the comet and put this in there? And hopefully that will calm this god right down. And so they said, okay, we can do that. It was very good. And then. 
that goddess Meg was off and flew all back off into the sky and the rainbow ponies. And with that, they said, well, Jesus, this is pretty good. We, we got it. So then they moved on and started with the rest of the plan. And meanwhile, everyone awaited when Mumble Bear would wake up. And finally, it was deep one night, and it was the night of many stars. And there was different stars in the sky, and it was a special festival the village practiced. In a lot of the other villages where they celebrated the night sky, the starry sky, and they would sing poems uh, to the starry night. And they had uh, the, the great poet Trish T. Would, would sing these tales and tell these odes to the wonderful sparkling stars that streaked across the sky. But of course, everyone now that there was a comet there, even though it was covered in a magical baby blanket, they, the night sky had another ominous tone to it, and the festival had an underlying sadness to it. Uh, but they looked, and the stars would change as the night grew on, and people could still appreciate it. But all of a sudden, everyone in the village noticed that there was a sense of calm within Julian Karen, and even Vesna, you know, who seemed to be worried about marrying Bernie, uh, seemed to be ready. And then at the end of the festival, they announced that the, the soon their daughter and Bernie would marry, and they were preparing the wedding around the tea shop, even if this horrible bear, Mambo Bear, slept, that their daughter would marry Bernie, the butterfly god there. And they announced that they would rename this place, and they would donate the tea beach, you know, because they said a lot of gods are going to be coming to this wedding, you know, even though Bernie the Butterfly is the grouchiest of the gods. There's something the gods like about Bernie, and uh, but everyone from all uh, villages within walking distance of, of one day were invited. And they created this association, and they said, we will call this Beach Pine Beach, and we will expand it and make it to a place where not only can a, a daughter be married, but a lovely park for all to enjoy forever. Uh, for one day, we'll move on from this god sleeping here with the comet belly, and we'll, we'll find our way, and then this park will symbolize everything we have. And uh, everyone said, okay, okay, it sounds great, and they started their pre wedding preparations that moment. And these two great designers, Sally and Mike, came and they helped prepare the park. And they put up signs about, you know, playing and the, the fears, saying, you know, sweet dreams, friends. That was the theme of the wedding, sweet dreams. And friends, and they had they had brought in these hordes of uh, dragonflies to cool the guests. You know, when they're dragonflies, they not only kept the guests cool with the fluttering of the wings, you know, the, the, the dragonflies were also big butter, burning the butterfly fans. For, he had done a lot of favors to the, the dragonfly realm. And they had this really cool buzzing sound when all the wings were fluttering. And you could lie on the beach, you know, before, leading up to the wedding and just relax and watch them go to and fro. But you would be cooled by the wings and relaxed by the sound.
And it was just fabulous. And they prepared for the joy of their daughter. And the gods started to arrive, you know, because gods, they could party for weeks. And, I mean, they were mostly having a tea party, but it felt like joy it descended on the village again. Even though uh, Mambo Bear still slept there, people started to just wonder, well, maybe the bear will sleep forever. Or maybe this is like one of those situations where four generations from now, there's a mountain here. And they say, well, what, well there's a sleeping bear within that mountain. And we'll tell the tale of Mambo Bear in Pine Grove Beach. Uh, so there was a joy there, and the gods, they brought these beautiful, you know, they even made a giant sign. They think it was uh, the cat god, the double T, that created this great sign, a joy sign, out of g- g- glimmering god stuff. And the gods donated all these uh, these actual stars, we believe now, children, uh, to raising your hand. I don't understand it, but they pulled the stars from the sky or something and used it to light the wedding. Round stars and swirling stars, right down just to our earth, you know. Oh, who's Copernicus? I don't know that is. Yes, that's your father's name. I don't. I've never heard of him. Says the stars are huge. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I know there's a bear with a comet on its belly, but in. But the bear could also write. These things are strange. The way of the gods is strange. You're right. I'm agreeing with you. It doesn't seem, it seems both possible and impossible, but it was. And a new sound of joy, you know, permeated as people prepared for the wedding. And Karen and Julie, they breathed easy, but not as easy as the gods and the, the fellow uh, human beings. Uh, they felt like there was still work to be done. Well, they had told Bernie, you know, Bernie, they said, well, you can't, you can marry our daughter, but we've got to solve this, uh, this bear situation. And so Bernie told them about these demigods, uh, that, that had come to the earth, you know, through, through human and, and got procreation. We'll just be honest. And that these demigods, they had powers. They were human, half human and half God. And Bernie described them as the most dull. He called these these demigods super dolls because they were so dull. He said they did nothing. Uh, for since they were human, they couldn't delight in the god side without worrying about mucking up a humanity. And because he goes, it was just he goes, but they sit around waiting. So maybe they'll help you. So these gods came and helped. Uh, Helped him finish up the planning. They they created a whole plan. I think there was nine and Ms. Morrow, Electra, some other, some other, not important because this was behind the scenes, children. Am I a demigod? No, no, no. Thank you, though. That's nice. That's a very nice compliment. No, no. I'm a Celt-based woman. It's different than uh, being a, de- like a demigoddess, uh, you know, that's what that's how his grandfather well anyway, not important. Not important at all. But these guys they were also artists and they started to draw this huge mural over the wedding that Bernie and Vesna would be married under. It was this huge mural of an owl with its eyes closed. 
and a, a belly full of the stars and the moons and clouds and a crown of stars. And it was erected not uh, right within uh, the, the, the looming over the, the sleeping uh, uh, bear god, Mumble Bear. And no one understood. And, and I said, okay, I, know, I knew you were going to ask questions, children. I can't tell you if it's part of the plan. It's a mural of the building with the help of the demigods. You could, could you put two and two together? Okay, then just put your arms down anyway. Please, I'm telling a tale. But they, they built this giant uh, owl god. And all the, all the humans and even the gods said, what a wondrous. It was a beautiful, beautiful mural. And the people said, what is that? Is that one of the great gods of the sky? And the gods would even stop and admire it and the, the richness of the paint and the stars. But it was shrouded in a mystery. Even the gods said, well, I don't know. It looks familiar. But, you know, we do a lot of crazy stuff. It's not, you know, gods and humans, we don't remember stuff like you. It would impede our work. You know, it would help you to say, well, geez, that hurt the human's feelings. I can't take time to remember if I hurt your feelings yesterday. Because I'm a god, I got biggest stuff to deal with. Like, uh, whatever I did. But I'm going to do some fun stuff later. That's why I'm a god. You know, maybe I could have fought a war yesterday. I don't know. So I'm not sure if I know this god. But I'll tell you what, that that looks like a god, a goddess. Uh, god Blake will say, uh, very, very nice looking. And the humans would admire it. And if you came such a and even Bernie said, I cannot wait to be married to Vesna and under this wonderful mural. And then one day there was another sound, a fuzzy sound, just as similar to the sound of the comet, but a little bit different pitch. And out of the sky came a wonky star, and riding on the back of it was Koa and the Podman. And Koa returned, the great dog god, and they landed. And as they did, there was something about the sound that uh, Mumblebat began to stir. And Koa and the Podman came, and, and, and uh, Koa said, She's great job with this. He really does love Knox. We're like best friends now. And we listened. This is exactly what I wanted. Uh, he didn't co-apologize uh, to Vesna and talked about how complicated it is being a god from even another world. If it wasn't confusing enough, you know, with the gods within your world. And Koa said, you know, I actually told it. And this is just to answer your question. Tim and I said, well, you should go with, with the humans, Tim. And they could teach you a thing or two. Stop stealing muffins from my muffin world. But Koa said, I'm so happy with how things have turned out. I came back to tell you a thing or two about this tea and this lovely young well, woman you have now who was once a girl who is tied to this tea. And with that, Mumble Bear arose and Mumble Bear looked around and wiped the, the sleep, the months and months of sleep from Mumble Bear's eyes. And looked around at how busy the park was now, full of people and gods. And Mumblebear said, was that a wonky star I woke to? And Koa said, it was, Mumblebear. You see, you've made your way here. 
and you see your, the comet within you. And Mambo Bay laughed and said, Oh, if it isn't the knock lover from the Muffin universe, I knew that uh, this would lead me back to you. And it became apparent that everyone said, Whoa, this is deeper than we could have ever thought. There is something to this here. And Mumble Bear laughed and laughed and laughed. He said, yes, Goa, I, I have been waiting to cross paths with you again. And as soon as I heard your wonky star across the sky, it awoke me. When I heard about this young woman in the tea, I knew that I had accidentally discovered the secret to unlimited power. I know that that tea will give me uh, the one thing I lack inside me, the ability to create a, another mumble bear, another offspring, for I have, have no one to follow in my footsteps, and I know you will rise against me. All oh, you petty gods, and mumble bear turned and gave a look of shame to all the gods and the demigods. You know, dressed as for for beach weather, and, and you know, being fanned by dragonflies, and but Mama Bear said, "I know if I take the tea, I can also take the the essence of Vesna with me, and use it to populate the world with my likeness." And every bear with a comet on its belly. Uh, to spread out uh, in pairs across your universes. Uh, take your muffins and take whatever we wish. Drink all your tea. Show all your other gods up because you say, Jesus will, you can't met. And then Mambo Bear saw the mural and the words caught in Mambo Bear's mouth. And the swagger went out of Mambo Bear's step. And Mambo Bear said, well, what is that? What is that? Uh, Mambo Bear looked and saw the, this, the night sky things in the belly of this peaceful sleeping owl. And Bernie the butterfly strided out below the mural, arms crossed, brow furrowed. And Bernie said, oh, that is my mother. That is my mother, Harriet. And she's coming. Just she's coming to the wedding. She's a very powerful goddess too. So, uh, she she's so powerful. She expects a giant. Uh, and Mumble Bear said, "There's a lie in your voice, butterfly god." And Bernie said, "Yes, I'm trying to dishold, hold back the distaste I hold for you and your comet belly, and how weird it is, and how much I dislike your attitude." And you affect your rude, and this is my wedding, and on and on and on. And Mumble Bear said, that makes no sense that an owl would have a butterfly god as a child. And Bernie said, I'm not here to make any sense. I'm just here to say, well, prepare the way for my mother. Can't imagine she'll be pleased when you, she sees you here, Mumble Bear. And Mumble Bear says, well, and then Mumble Bear clapped Mumble Bear's hands and said, bring me, speaking of which, bring me some tea. I think it's time I had a taste of that wedding tea, even if it's early. And everyone started, and then the comet flared like it never flared before. 
Everyone fell silent. Even Barney. And everyone chatted in, in, in a little bit, and, and they said, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm sorry, children. Did you not, uh, oh, you're wondering if it's going to be okay. Well, well let's see a little break from the story. See, there's a place called Kansas, children, and there's a saying, you're not in Kansas anymore. And yes, Kansas is a place, it's different than where we live, but it's also similar and it means in the saying, you're not in Kansas anymore, children. It means you're not at home anymore. And when we travel these tales, sometimes we can see like we're really there. And you get a feeling inside like we're not at home anymore with this nasty bear, mumble bear. But it's just only a myth, children. In that phrase, you know, there's a Tanya in Topeka who taught me that. She would say, don't let the brain bots bite children, which is your overthinking. You're saying, well, this this tale, this, what is going to happen? This mumble bear will get its comeuppance, I believe. Uh, Vess, uh, but I can't tell you for sure. We need one more tale. You know, your parents, there's a festival. You know, that's why I'm having to watch your children the third three times and put you to sleep. It's a... Uh, all the other adults have better things to do, and, and, and you have so many questions. Uh, so in some sense, since I'm not in Kansas anymore, children, it's like sweet dreams. Uh, so it's like I say to all of you, thank you and good night. It's just like Tanya taught me. Uh, but you, you could say you're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes you could say that with a sense of adventure. That's why I share this myth with you. It's so you could say, oh, wait a second, uh, what, what lessons did we learn from the tale? Is, is it just Some of you could drift off to sleep and we'll do a, a few minutes of question and answer, children. Uh, why doesn't the story have an ending? Because uh, we're in the middle of it. Because oh, it, it's time for bed. How about that? It, okay. Okay. What is you? You're not, where's Kansas? Is somewhere else. Okay. What else questions? You still don't understand why a bear would have a comment on its belly. It's not like a bear that you know. It's a bear. It's a god and a bear. It's a bear god. He's the bear naked. Okay, next, not anymore because it had pajamas on. So before it, I guess you could say that. But again, it's a, a gods wear what they wish. This bear god wears a comment on its belly or it's part of it. Anatomy, don't know that one. Okay, next, any more questions, children? Or anything more about Kansas? Well, there was a tale, that was a myth from my childhood of Dorothy. And it was a nice tale. I could tell you that another time, but she was a nice, she she was swept away. And she went on a journey, less meandering than this one, you know. Because it was more, that was more straight uh, beginning, middle, and end. with you know, conflict and... In the progression, this one, once you get mixed in with gods and demigods, children, uh, and then you have gods coming from other universes, it's tough to hold it all together. You know, it, I, I'm just the teller of this tale anyway. Okay. Uh, why, how many questions am I going to answer? Well, no more, no more from you, grandson. Because you're supposed to look a person in the eye, not look over my shoulder. At a bird, I do, well, uh, what? Uh, what kind of bird is flying over my shoulder? Okay, is there any more questions? Oh, would I eat kelp because I'm a kelp-based woman? Well, that's a good question. Um, 
No, I would not. Uh, what does kilt-based mean? It means it's part of who I am is what it means. Is that a good enough answer for you? Okay, well, I thank you all for your time. Good, Thank you and good night, children. I'm going to say some more thank yous and good night. But it is so good for you to be along with me on this journey. And we will continue it once more soon. Thank you and good night.